Hey, just wanted to give you guys a heads up. We are going to be talking about spoilers in this episode. So you haven't, if you haven't seen any of the movies that we're talking about today, uh, go back and watch them and then come back and listen to our thoughts. Hello, I'm Ryan. You're listening to the Border Buds Podcast, where we talk about a wide range of topics, mostly centering around movies that we watch. Make sure to follow our Letterboxd profiles to stay up to date on our discussions each episode. What's up? Bonjour. <laughs> How's it going, Ben? Ah, pretty good, yeah, pretty good. I am just coming off a wonderful sleep on a Saturday morning. And it's a good time. Well, it appears Ben has developed a new accent overnight. Oh, oh yes. Please tell me you're not doing the whole podcast in <laughs> this voice. No. No, I'm not. Ben. As I sip on my bubbly. Bubbly. Not, oh, not my... LaCroix this not time, LaCroix. but my bubbly instead. Pineapple bubbly, everyone. You and your... The best bubbly flavor. You and your uh, sparkling water. Mm-hmm. Ben, I have a question for you. Ooh. What... Is the highest grossing G-rated movie of all time? Oh my! Highest G-rated Fa- family, completely family friendly. Oh. What is the highest grossing G-rated film? Shoot! Of all time. Finding Nemo. What? Are you serious? Did I get it? Yes. What? Dude, oh how my did you, gosh, how did you know? Way too loud. How did you know? I, I don't know. That was a total guess. That was just... That was a total guess. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not even kidding. Did I did not know that. Notes? No, no, I did not know that. I'm not even kidding. I don't believe you. I think I'm you not... No, I didn't. I did not okay, cheat. Okay, give me... What's your thought process here? How did you come to this conclusion? Okay, so my first thought was Toy Story. Yeah, that, I would have guessed that probably. And But then I was... What was I looking at? I'll tell you at? this. All the entire list of the highest grossing G-rated films are all Pixar movies. That surprise. That is not a surprise to me. And so it was either Toy Story, Finding Nemo, or The Incredibles, in my mind. Yeah, those are all pretty good guesses, I'd um, say. The next one down is Toy Story 3. Okay, interesting. So Toy Story 3 so did make newer. the most money out of huh. the three Toy Stories. Hmm. But do you want to know how much Finding Nemo made? Sure. $563 million. It made wow. half a billion in theaters. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge movie. It was huge. Dude, I want to watch that movie. I haven't seen I remember, that movie for many years. I remember uh, seeing Finding Nemo as a kid, and I, my parents would always... I was pretty young. My parents would always skip the part where uh, Nemo's mom gets killed. Hmm. And it is Because it's kind of scary. It is kind of scary. The Barracuda, man. And so I, I watched that movie a lot, but we would always skip the Barracuda part. Um, and so I had this idea in my mind that it was like bad this part of the movie oh, and i wasn't like allowed to watch it <laughs> and i thought it was like really really scary or something and I so mean, my it is scary my entire like childhood i had this like fear of this scene that i'd never seen this scene that i'd never seen yeah um <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh and then like I, th- I think it was a long time before i actually ever got wow. around to seeing the full movie see without that oh, sa- with man. that scene and i was so disappointed i was like that was it <laughs> Dude, it made me so scared of like Barracuda. Like when I would go to like Mexico or Hawaii with my You're family just growing up. Of it, yeah, I was. I was almost more afraid of Barracuda than sharks. I think there's a lot of scarier things in the water than Barracudas. If I, I'm well, being I mean, I would agree with you now, but then I wasn't so sure. But it, that movie, well, that, that Finding mo- Nemo yeah. made it seem like 
barracudas and um rule of the sea no what was and oh jellyfish too they made jellyfish right. look really scary and, and the also sharks were actually the, nice kind of <laughs> in the d- part where they go in the deep sea the oh anglefish is that what it's called yeah i think so i think the ang- angler angler fish yeah, yeah. The, the bulb with the light bulb that thing was night so literal terrifying. i don't know why i was allowed to watch the the not allowed to watch the first scene but i was allowed to watch the angler yeah. fish scene yeah like holy that part no was kidding. terrifying night street nightmare fuel oh went from a kid's movie to a horror movie it did instantly. that was that was very horror snapping it's like it's big pale eyes oh my gosh oh yeah not for kids not for kids folks warning you've been warned I know no one else. No one has seen Finding Nemo who is listening to our podcast. Don't show your kids. It's horror-esque. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm going to touch the butt. (laughs) Best part of the movie. Touch the butt. It's such a good movie. Okay. We're not here to talk about Finding Nemo. But, uh... (laughs) Ben, have you been listening to any music this week? Sure have. Oh, let's hear about it. listening to a bunch of music, but, uh interesting talking point would be uh that coldplay released their new album music of spheres um i'm a big coldplay fan huge coldplay fan this huge. one yeah yeah they're maybe my favorite band every time i come into the house and you've been by <laughs> yep. yourself for a long time i hear coldplay <laughs> just blasting on the well, speakers playing in the drums and you're yeah. on your drum set just yeah. drumming yeah, so I love I love jamming out to Coldplay. They're just some of my favorite. Um, music of the Spheres. I've only given it one full listen so far. Um, I wasn't like super excited for it because I I just haven't liked their newer stuff as much as I like their older stuff. So my expectations for I guess their new music are actually pretty low. Um, but, like, I know it's still going to be, like, decent music and, like, pretty listenable. Um, but you don't want listenable music. You want great music. Right. Exactly. So, I don't know. It was it was okay. There's, like, it's kind of, oh yeah, it's kind of weird. Kind of a weird album. It, like, starts off, like, pretty poppy. And then it almost, sort of in the middle of the album, it almost feels, like, almost, like, psychedelic in a way. And, like... I remember hearing the song Coloratura. Right. And that's, that how, how do yeah. you pronounce that? I think Coloratura. And the, yeah, that's, I, that one that's is the like outro a of the song. album. I actually, yeah, I it's really like, I really liked Coloratura. That's probably my favorite song I was, on the album. I was hopeful of this album when I heard that. That was the first single they released, I think. Yeah. And then uh, they released I think a song. Higher Power was. Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, then they really released a song with BTS. Right. Which was a weird song. And I was, I lost all hope for the album instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did not like that song. Not not like I really have anything against BTS, but I hearing it's that just song very like was they so feel like pop. I don't even really know who they are, but they kind of feel like an like a One Direction from Korea or wherever they are. Yeah, from Asia. they basically are. They're yeah. a boy band with like yeah. I don't know how many members, a lot, and they all yeah, just they like, oh, they're boy. like dancing and right. It's like their big thing, their choreography. Yeah, they do have a song with Selena Gomez on this album. Let somebody Is that a go. Good thing. I don't know. It it was a decent song, um, but yeah, I'd really have to like listen to it to really have like a I'd say a, a better opinion. I'd have to listen to it again. But they've always kind it's, of it's by no means a high point for Coldplay. 
Coldplay's sure. weird because they've always kind of straddled the line between full-on pop mm-hmm. and like alternative rock. Totally. And they've never fully committed to either. Like they, I would say they fully committed to alternative rock their in their early, early three albums. In their early yeah, days, the, they were, the first three albums. But then they like slowly sure. shifted into pop. But it's not like a Viva Taylor La Swift Vida was like a weird transformation. transition for them. But it was. I love that album so but, much. But it wasn't like a Taylor Swift pop transformation where it was like one day she was pop country and the next day she was right. pop. It's like they've kind of been like not sure of like their sound hasn't really fully right. shifted gears yet. Right. Well, and I they've think, kind of been stuck in this like in between. Well, Chris Martin, I think he doesn't, he's never wanted to be like boxed in. Like there's a Coldplay documentary. I don't think you've seen it. I um, have not seen right. any Coldplay documentaries. Yeah. So there's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, and I, I think he sort of just like talks about in there how like he wants to evolve his sound and not be boxed in. Um, and you kind of feel that with like Viva La Vida. That was like a huge shift. In, I liked like, that in, album like, their a lot. sound. I did too. I love Viva La Vida. And then like Milo Zioloto is like, I'd say pretty poppy. I don't really have a lot of love for any of their records post Viva La Vida. Right. I love Ghost Stories. Um, but every, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's just, it's pretty much just ghost stories after Viva La Vida where I, I have uh, a lot of love for it. I, I'll be honest. I didn't really have like much of a desire to listen to their albums until like, until I met you because you're like a huge Coldplay fan. I don't really have any friends who are Coldplay fans. Right. So I was like, all right. So you kind of sold me on the first three albums and I did listen to all three of them. I, yeah, specifically parachutes. Their first record That's is my so favorite. Good. It's so good. It's just got all of their best songs on it. Yeah, um, uh, Rush of Blood to the Head oh, so is good. also really good. So good. Um, and I, but I, I liked X and Y more than Rush of Blood to the mm-hmm. Head, which I think is That's kind of an fair. unpopular opinion. Well, I mean, I think it's fair, but yeah, it, it would be an unpopular opinion. But, but like X and Y is still easily v- one of their best albums. I think Viva La Vida. Like, my, my ranking of the Coldplay albums that I've listened to would go Parachutes, Viva La Vida, X and Y, Rush of Blood. Wow, interesting. I really did like Viva La Vida. Hmm. Especially the, the title track there, Viva La Vida. Hmm. That's, um, it's such an overplayed song, but a testament to how good it is, is that no matter how often I hear it, it I don't get tired of it. Hmm. I'll always be down to hear some Viva La Vida in the grocery store. Yep, yeah, you do like that song it's so a lot. Good. You're a huge, huge song, huge... Huge fan huge of that song. Huge is, song of that fan. Song. It, you are a huge it, song of that fan, Ryan. That that song did get really huge. <laughs> it's one of I don't know. Probably has like a lot of a lot of streams on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite huge. It's quite huge. But yeah, no, they've always kind of been like a like in their early days. I think there's kind of a rivalry in their fan base between Coldplay and Radiohead. And that yeah. was the band that they were getting compared to a lot. Right, Radiohead I think Coldplay like the, took a lot of inspiration from Radiohead. Coldplay, and Coldplay yeah. was like the more co- uh, contemporary, like pop mm-hmm. version of Radiohead. Except for like, yeah, like their first and then Radiohead. Their first three albums don't feel poppy though. Coldplay. No, but they are more poppy than Radiohead's right. first three albums, right. which are full on like concept albums mm-hmm. about robots and yeah quite experimental yeah really experimental and Mm -hmm. and and i'm a huge radiohead fan actually so it's cool that i don't know you you're a huge coldplay fan i'm a huge radiohead fan yeah but like no coldplay definitely comes after radiohead they basically turn into a pop band yeah and then as radiohead's albums go on they get more experimental to the point where 
like King of Limbs is basically an unlistenable album. Be- right. Well, okay, it's not that bad, but it's like it's really hard to just for me to sit and mm-hmm. listen through because it's just so your average Joe is not going to sit down and, and listen to that album. It basically sounds like an album of just like sound effects. Right. And it's pretty brutal. Right. So. Yeah, it's definitely not something you're ever going to hear on the radio or in the grocery store. Yeah. It's Coldplay. You'll, yeah, you'll, you'll hear, hear them all day long. For sure. But it's kind of interesting because they're both, both Radiohead and Coldplay are kind of albums that have been lost in the public eye. Like, they're not really mainstream bands anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh-huh. Coldplay's trying. And they're, they're, they've had minimal success. Radiohead's not really trying to be public. Well... They have their dedicated... Both Coldplay, have- Coldplay with their last album, like Everyday Life, I do not think they were trying because it's like a super unpolished. But I think that's more of like a like one off record because now they're going back with their new latest record. Right, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like I, I think after a head full of dreams, um, I think they were sort of like, okay, we've peaked. Because Head Full of Dreams was a huge album. Like, I do remember how big that... Well, that came out around even the time that they like, were in the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, right? yeah. And even though it's like, honestly... Yeah, it's got some great songs on it, but it's like there's a lot better Coldplay than A Head Full of Dreams. But like, I think that was their, their peak. And they would say that too. I think based, I think I remember that in the documentary. Like They're like, yeah, we've peaked. Like We might just sort of lay low now and like try some other stuff. Whereas like Everyday Life was like pretty unpolished, unfinished, it felt. Right. Um, and then Music of Spheres is kind of experimental in some ways, too. Like, What do you mean by experimental? Like, just with, like, their sounds and stuff. Like, it's just not... It's different Coldplay, you know? It's still not... Um, like, experimental I say, for them. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say it, like, fits the Coldplay uh, frame as, like, someone would think it does, you know? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I... Both both Radiohead and Coldplay have their dedicated like hardcore fan bases. Yeah, that will like I'll always listen to their albums. Yeah, but uh, I think as far as like mainstream popularity goes, both bands are kind of dead, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. Um, but if I had to recommend an album from both bands, it would be Parachutes from Coldplay, and then In Rainbows by Radiohead. Mm-hmm. That album freaking slaps. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh, that one's probably the most like accessible Radiohead mm, record, mm-hmm. but I also I also think it's their best one. Weird fishes. Yeah, weird do, fishes do, do. is one that we ought, like to jam out on the drums yeah. and guitar a lot. Yeah, good time. It's a good song. Good song. Anyways. Anyways. What else is new? Oh, what else <laughs> is new? Well, I. I, I, I want to, real quick, before we get into uh, next topics, I want to shout out my friend Josh, who yes, I've been Josh. like promoting my Letterboxd pretty you, hardcore Josh. lately. And uh, yeah, he my friend Josh just got Letterboxd um, after we recommended the app on our last podcast. Everyone should go into Letterboxd. He's like, he's a good friend of mine. He's originally from Canada, but then moved to the States, which I've done the, the inverse of that. Right. And he... Uh, the very first thing he did once he downloaded the app was he he rated Toy Story four half a star. <laughs> Which I'm like, what did what did Toy Story four do to you? I love hot takes. I know that's I do I like it when someone has an opinion that literally no one else has. 
and and <laughs> I love it. Like awesome. Toy Story Four, yeah, like it wasn't a necessary <laughs> movie. Like Toy Story Three could have ended it. I have not like, seen Toy Story Four. Okay, well, Toy Story Four was a good movie. Like it was a great movie. I don't think it deserves half a star. Yeah, like I can understand giving it two stars because it's like an unnecessary sequel. Maybe mm-hmm. I can get behind that, but half a star saying it's like one of the worst films you've seen in your entire life. <laughs> Like giving it half a star, the lowest rating that you can possibly give a film to Toy Story Four. It's such a hot take. Like I don't bro, think I I'd give it. half a star to any Pixar movie. Yeah. I name a Pixar movie that's half a star. No, I I can't. I mean, I haven't like the worst seen ones, like any of the new Cars Pixar Two movies. is like one that people say is the worst one. Typically, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is, but it, you know, people commonly say Cars Two and The Good Dinosaur and like Brave. Like, those are some of the worst ones. Yeah. I don't think any of those are even close to half a star movies. No. Like, two and a half, two no, stars at the right. lowest. Like, yeah, half a, yeah, half a star is, is a little a little hard. It's a little extreme. But, but I, I mean, just I thought that was it, so. hilarious. And I texted him as soon as he, um, as soon as I saw that on his page. I was yeah. like, Hat really half a star? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to Josh. Uh, yeah. I don't know. No, that's good. I don't know if that's I had good, bro. That's a good show. Like his letterbox, but if you go to my profile, you'll see someone named Joshua I'm following. Joshua. Follow them. So. Joshua. Yeah. Just just wanted to do that. Nice, nice. Uh, have you watched any other movies this week? Ben? Yeah, I was just gonna ask you that question. Well, I have not. Okay, yeah, you haven't. I've been okay. busy. I haven't seen any movies this week. I've been. Sadly. I have been active in my movie watching this last week. I've just been like chilling at home a lot. Um, so I, I've give us a rundown. Oh boy. I'll give you a rundown. Give me a so, rundown. Uh, I had my cousin over last, uh, Saturday. Colin? So a week ago, Colin, shout Colin. out to Colin. Good guy. Colin, Colin, he's a, he's a big fan of the pod. So <laughs> shout out to Colin. Shout out to Colin. Love you. Love you, Colin. Yeah. Um, we should have him on the pod. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, what? we're going to feature Colin on the pod. Okay, cool. We have to, uh choose what movie that's we, gonna we be. Need to, Colin, yeah. you'll be on here someday. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I watched The Untouchables with Colin, uh, which is a 1987 uh, sort of mafia movie. Um, mafia? Mafia or just like gangster movie? Gangster, mafia, um, like Robert De Niro plays Al Capone. Who directs it? Um, but, 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 Brian De Palma. Scarface. Scarface, Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible, Carrie. Yeah, so some, okay, some bigger movies. He's a big uh, director. Yeah, so The Untouchables, fantastic film. I gave it a solid four and a half, uh, featuring Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, Andy Garcia, Charles Martin Smith, Robert De Niro. So like, That's a loaded cast. It is. It's it, a loaded roster and right it there. It is very, yeah. It, Holy. The quality of the movie paid off too. Like it was just like, yeah, this fit the cast and You know where the budget went. Yeah. So I would highly recommend this one. Uh it's got some some violence. Um but uh yeah, great film. Loved it. Four and a half. You gave it four and a half? Yeah. See, that's that one was one that I was really surprised when you said you watched it, because that one's been on my letterbox for a while. Right. On my watch list. Um but I, I didn't think you would like I don't know. I didn't strike like take you for a, a mob movie as person. soon as i saw that sean connery was uh oh gosh was in the cast i thought maybe maybe i want to watch this yes is that your sean connery impression yes yes 
That it is, Ryan. Junior. Anyways. <laughs> I'm, I like Sean Connery. Yeah. I'm a fan. He's, he, he thinks he's Sean Connery. Rest in peace, Sean. That's how much he likes him. Yep. But uh, um, I was surprised you watched that going back to before you started doing your impression. What? What? <laughs> Nothing. Hey, uh, Ryan. What? Knock, knock. Who's there? Dishes. Dishes who? Dishes Sean Connery. Okay, I regret <laughs> responding to that. Anyways, you liked The Untouchables. What else did you watch? Uh, I watched uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Uh, 1993 movie featuring uh, Johnny Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio. Those How was are it? The main names. And Mary Steenburgen, who I have mixed feelings on. Um, it was not my typical kind of movie. It was like, it was just like a, a drama. Like, um,. You're not a drama guy. I'm. I'm not. Well, it's not that I'm not a drama. I'm just not a big drama guy. You know, like yeah. I, I like it when there's. I think like, just like a bit more of. A, I don't know. Drama just often feels very flatline for me. Mm-hmm. Like there's not much excitement. There there can be a lot of lows in drama, but like there's not much like highs in. I'd say drama is probably like my main genre that I. Yeah. Yeah, I towards, would agree like, with that. I love a good movie where mm-hmm. it's it's not exciting because there's some big like premise, but it's it's exciting it's because story. you get invest deeply invested emotionally into characters. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, you can definitely get invested in this movie. Like, uh, it's quite like a sad movie. Um, just like a uh, like a family that has kind of had a rough go. Uh, Johnny Depp plays one of the sons uh, and brothers in this movie. What's he family. like in this movie? Because Johnny Depp, you know, he does his Johnny Depp thing. He, but he's not. It, he's not like he doesn't seem all like spacey and zoned out like he, he normally do does. The Jack Sparrow. Thing. No, not at all. Because um, I know he kind of does. Like I think he does very well in his kinda, role. He kind of plays Gilbert Jack Great. Sparrow in most of right, his movies. Right. No, he he's very different in this movie, and I was quite pleasantly surprised actually. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio though he's I don't know how old he was when he played his role but he he actually plays like a handicapped uh, boy in this movie and my goodness he he stole the show as as usual as Leonardo does what kind of handicap did he have uh I don't even know I don't don't want to no no like I think it was autism but like I don't I don't want to say like for sure because I don't I don't actually 100 percent know. Oh, okay, but um, but like no, like he was actually played played like. Is a, that bad that I asked that? I don't know. Are we gonna get canceled because we I might. asked what his no. disability was? No, um, <laughs> dude, he sh- he should have been nominated for an Oscar. Maybe he was nominated, but he didn't win an Oscar. But like, man, like he yeah he did so good in his role, and uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting storyline, and it's just yeah. You know. Cool. So that was a good movie. I gave it three and a half. What compelled you to watch that? Just needed something to watch. Needed something to watch. Cool. It, would, it had been on my list because I like to just watch like Leo films. I want to knock all those down and see them all because I love Leonardo. 
Um, you love Leonardo. I do. I'm a I'm a fan. What's not to love? What's not to love? And then you watched... And then I watched Top Gun. And uh, just another one that like I just feel like, you know, it's a classic. It's gotta, a super iconic movie. Gotta watch it. Especially um, in America. It Yeah, it felt quite... It was just so generic. Like, it was such an 80s movie, you know? Um, my my review is incredibly mediocre, incredibly 80s, incredibly generic. Uh, so I gave it a two and a half because, you know, I don't think I could give it anything lower than that. I feel like the for its time, I think the like the filming of uh, like the dog fights and uh, yeah, just like the jet film stuff was probably pretty next level for its time so uh and it was yeah it was good um but it just felt like super predictable i know exactly what's gonna happen and it all happened how i thought it would happen so uh that was top gun and then i tried watching snowpiercer and i got like literally halfway through and i was like okay i'm done um yeah that's a that's a weird one it is. It was a weird one. I also only got halfway through that movie. Yeah, it's it's directed by Bong Joon Ho, who, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure this isn't a surprise to anyone, but he directed Parasite. Right. And you know, we we thought about doing a podcast episode on Parasite. I made you yeah. watch that movie. Yeah. And what what did you think about it? I thought it was good. I didn't like. It didn't hit the levels of like what everyone has been saying. Oh, this is such a genius film. It's so. It's like one of the best films ever. It it wasn't that for me, but I thought it was good. I like it's um, one of those movies where I like amazing. It's I like I I seriously respect the craft of it. Right. It didn't resonate with me on the No, it didn't level, resonate with me either. But I loved it and mm-hmm. I thought it was extremely funny mm-hmm. and the action was super intense and the characters are super memorable. Like I loved all of the technical aspects of it, the filmography, like the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um the the camera work the direction the 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 musical score and mm-hmm. just all of the like the the colors the I don't know the way it introduces you to this location of this like city that they're in mm-hmm. like all of the technical aspects I thought were yeah. amazing yeah no it, but I I couldn't yeah I don't know it yeah, it didn't, something just didn't quite connect for me. Yeah, I didn't. So, I didn't like resonate with this movie no. on an emotional level. No, me neither. But I did really like it, and I I understand why it won Best Picture. Right. And I think it's super cool that you know Korean a Korean director is getting this much like publicity, yeah, and totally. it's probably opening the way for a lot of foreign film to become more totally. mainstream and get bigger budgets, and yeah, which I think is cool because you know a lot of us just kind of watch movies in English and. Mm-hmm. don't really ever venture out of that comfort zone so mm-hmm. it's cool to see more foreign films getting recognition because mm-hmm. that's like there's there's a lot out there that's not in english yep so i think that's kind of like the significance of parasite i wrote a big long review about the the impact of parasite on cinema and you can read that on letterboxd um but yeah, plug I, shameless plug I, shameless plug yeah I, i'm gonna keep doing it it's, it's good pretty much the only social media i use yeah um we Wait, what was oh man what was i gonna say oh yeah i made you watch parasite yeah and you kind of wanted to but yeah i was like it was on the watch list it was on the watch I'm list like, yeah, i'm like I watch you, you have to see it you just it's one that yeah. you have to be able to say that you've seen i if did you're doing a movie i did podcast. think 
I did think like the I thought it would connect with me more just based on what I'd heard. I was like, okay, like the symbolism in this movie, blah, blah, like it's all going to really hit me hard. I'm sure you also kind of like, did you kind of hype it up in your mind to be better than it was? Because like, no, it's received more hype than I've ever seen a movie receive. Right. Like I didn't think it was going to be the best movie ever, but I thought it would connect with me more. Gotcha. Yeah. And it just didn't. It just didn't. Yeah, me neither. But But it was still one of those movies that like I was thinking of like after I watched it and like, are you Pondering. glad you watched it? Oh, yeah, for sure. But I, I don't think I'd ever watch Parasite again. No? That's a one-time watch for me. I think I've seen it three or four times. Wow. And just because, like, I've been... I, I watched it the first time by myself, and I was like, man. And then I was, I was like, I have to show this to people. So then I, I showed it to a couple of my friends. Mm. I was like, man, you got to watch this movie mm-hmm. that everyone's talking about. So I, yeah, I liked it. I gave it, I liked it a lot, actually. I think mm-hmm. I gave it five stars when I initially saw it. I think I dropped it to a four and a half hmm. just because like nice. I, I reserve my fives for movies that resonate with me on an emotional mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. and just have that something that you can't really put into words. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Parasite just didn't really have that for me, which is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not every movie has that. No, exactly. Some of the best movies I've seen are four and a half stars. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's cool. Wait. Anyways, anyways, shall we uh, talk about our main main movie? Get into our main event, uh, Christopher Nolan. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. The well, killer well, director that he is. I almost forgot. Yeah. So the movie. Do we want to say that? Well, they've already seen the title. The yeah. movie we watched is Memento. Yeah. Uh, which is like one of the earliest Christopher Nolan movies. What's I yeah. think it's his second movie. So it came out in two thousand. The following. Uh, is... Following came out in nineteen ninety eight. So yeah, I think this I think is his second movie. If, I think it's his second movie. I'm not yeah. positive, but he might. He has some earlier like short film stuff, but this is like his. Yeah, his, his first feature length film. Yeah. Um, <gasps> what? Whoa. What? His next movie is on uh, is on Letterbox. Twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. Oppenheimer. World War II. The story of Robert Oppenheimer's role in the development of the atomic bomb during World War II. Interesting. Uh, that seems so. That's add that to the watch list. Ooh, feat- oh yo, Gillian Murphy, or Cillian Killian Murphy, right? He's gonna- oh that guy, yeah, oh, Scarecrow. He's awesome. Oh yo, this is new news to me. Wow, I, this literally I just this found before. this out. Okay, well, the next Nolan movie, twenty twenty three, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, or Oppenheimer. That's sick. Interesting. You heard it here first, guys. Mm-hmm. 2023, Nolan, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Okay. So we watched Anyways. Memento, which yep. has been on my watch list for it's been on both of our almost watch as lists long forever. as I've had yeah. Letterboxd. So yeah. it was way down at the bottom. There. It was like, I, was like, I would always see it every time I look at the watch list. Like, I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah, I need to get around there. to watching yeah, it. Right, right. It's just taken this long. Right. Um. But, uh, oh, man. Yeah, I just like had never gotten around gotten around to it because right. it's like it's such a mind bender kind of movie, and I knew well, yeah, that, I like knew you that. know that you're, you're going like, to have to try to piece it together. Be yeah. in a place to watch this where I'm ready to like be be all like, oh man, like the Matrix, like yeah. what's real? But right. it's except like not like the Matrix because the Matrix is a really easy movie to understand, yeah, and this is. movie is not. No, this is more. I don't know what it's movie would not, you compare this to. It's not the hardest Nolan movie to piece together. I think it is if you try to make actual sense of it. But if you just right. take it for what the movie's trying to get across, it's not. Mm-hmm. But if but I was like, there's a whole I discovered accidentally 
an entire subreddit just dedicated to this movie mm-hmm. and people explaining their theories. Right. Because there are different theories because it just sort of ends different. Like, you don't, we don't really know. You know, you, you kind well, of have we'll, a we'll feeling, you know. We'll talk more about right. this when we talk about Yeah. Get into the nitty gritty details. Yeah. But anyway, I wanted to Nolan. talk about Christopher Nolan for a little bit yes. because he's. How do you feel about Christopher Nolan? I, I think he's an amazing director. Um, I think he's extremely overrated. But I think he is one of overrated does not mean bad. Just so you know, mm. when I say overrated, I do not think he's a bad director by any means. I think he's one of the best directors working and mm-hmm. one of the most consistent directors in cinema today. Um, but I think he's also kind of garnered a a following of like film bros who just think he's God's gift to earth. He definitely has his cult following for sure. Not, I wouldn't say it's a cult following. It's like, because uh, he's not really like that. He's not, I don't know. I feel like a cult following is like for something that's kind of underground or lesser known. And mm, he's got a following no. that's like, they're like, they could be I, described I, as cult I members. I just think but, of it as like a, yeah, like a dedicated group of people who will just always have love for him. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, I use that term too loosely, but. That's what I think of when I hear cult following. But when you say like this movie is like a cult classic, it means that the movie is like not I've a lot of never people knew about cult it. Classic. Or... I don't use that term. I just say cult following. But but you're familiar with the term cult classic. Yeah. Meaning yeah. like a movie that wasn't really received well initially, right. or like didn't really get popular, and then like in later years it got really popular. Right. I feel like those are maybe two different things. Yeah, probably. I don't. I don't know. Um, but he, he has like an insanely dedicated and huge fan base yeah. and he's kind of been, he's kind of become like the, the idol of a lot of film bros who are just like, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're like it's their inspiration their top movies. Like their, their five stars are all Nolan yeah. and Tarantino movies <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like super, you know, just yeah. your typical like Pulp Fiction is the greatest film ever made mm-hmm. sort of and Dark Knight, which like. I don't think there's a problem with that because I think they're like, no, great but, films. Like I don't think you have like you don't have to have these super but underground films. Just the type of guy who like doesn't be... ever try to broaden their taste or horizons and just watches like Nolan and Tarantino movies and that's right. it, and says like they're they like under have a great understanding of cinema when that's all they watch. Right, but I I don't think you can take it away from them and be like, oh, you're just one of those people. It's like. No, but but you know what I mean. When there's like I know what you mean. 100 million people who have the exact same taste and all think that they're different. Right. And like, oh man. Well, yeah, you can't think you're different, but it's no, like, that's, that's but you the can't thing. Like, like take it away from those them. types it's of people. Like, no, and I, I don't like film. to make generalizations about people that I don't even really know, but like, mm-hmm. I definitely have met people with this, like, kind of this. The term film bro has kind of been coined mm-hmm. as like associated with these types of movies Tarantino and right. Nolan specifically right. and uh and like kubrick as well mm. mm-hmm. and and scorsese just like the big like yeah big top dog male actors with like the big action movies and that mm-hmm. are just like really popular and huge and everyone thinks that if they watch it they're like have they're like a film master and they like understand yeah. movies no I, I know what you're saying you know what i mean though, right? i know what you mean yeah but that's just like Nolan has just kind of been associated, not by any fault of his own, just like because yeah, exactly. of it's not the types problem. of people it's, that yeah. gravitate towards his movies. 
I think it just speaks to like how good of a director he is. Well, it just right? means he's popular. Yeah. Well, and it, because it's like he makes good films. Like, yeah, he makes some of the like highest grossing movies yeah, of all time. Of yeah. course, he's going to have a huge fan base following of people yeah. who are kind of annoying. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like... But you can't like write off Christopher Nolan because of his following. Oh, I'm, I'm not. Okay. I'm just like kind of giving some context yeah. here of what like my thoughts are. But yeah. I think like just talking about his movies, he's made some of the best movies in mm-hmm. modern history. In modern history. cinema, yeah. Um, I haven't seen all of them. I haven't seen The Prestige. I haven't seen... Uh, Insomnia. Insomnia. The, I think those... And Dunkirk. I, I haven't seen You haven't Dunkirk. seen Tenet? No. no, I haven't seen Tenet. I don't really have a desire to see Tenet. But mm-hmm. I've seen uh, Inception, The Dark Knight, Interstellar, Memento now. Um, the Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins. So I definitely still need to see a few of his big ones. Mm-hmm. Specifically Insomnia and The Prestige mm. are ones I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I think, I I think like my some of my hot takes, you know, the spinner that mm-hmm. I feel like I Inception and The Dark Knight and Interstellar, those his three movies, three, maybe his three movies. biggest movies yeah. are all. I think they are all pretty overrated. Hmm. Although I'd say Interstellar is his least overrated movie mm-hmm. because it initially wasn't critically acclaimed that well. Um, but then in recent times, like people have said, it's like one of the best movies ever made, hmm. which I freaking love Interstellar. Mm-hmm. I would watch it over and over again. But me too. I do think that I, I, tear I don't up I don't think it is one of the greatest movies ever made. It's the one Nolan film that I tear up in. I I will also say this every time I've watched Inception. Well, I, I've I've fallen asleep at some point in it. In wow. the movie. I've only seen Inception once actually. Really? I need to watch that thing again. The Dark but. Knight's just an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. But um when I see it at number 1 in lists of greatest films ever made, mm-hmm. that kind of makes me a little mad because mm-hmm. I don't think it's a the greatest movie ever made. I just think it's a really really good mm-hmm. action movie. Mm-hmm. With an insane memorable performance from Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. But uh Yeah. I've seen like almost all of his films now. I just need to see. Ins- yeah, what are your thoughts on Nolan? I mean, I actually have similar. Yeah, things. yeah. I, I, I like his stuff a lot. Um, I don't think I'm as critical on his stuff. I think, um, like, and not that I'm... you're like super critical because you still think he's he makes really good stuff. Um, I, I'm critical of him because uh, just uh, probably because of his popularity. You know, right. it's like. If he was some underrated director that right. no one had heard of, and he was making movies like this, I would be like, "Man, why?" I would just be raving yeah. about him. Like, why aren't people talking about him? But yeah. everyone said everything there is to say about mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan and mm-hmm. his work. So I'm just kind of, you know, saying my hot takes, if you will, right? Which aren't even hot takes because I still like all of his right. movies, right? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I really like his work. Um, if I were to like rank his movies, uh, starting at the bottom, I'd probably put Tenet based on what I've seen. Uh, it's your least favorite Nolan film. I think film? Tenet is my least favorite Nolan film. Uh, it's got some really cool stuff about it, and like some really cool filmmaking. How things are like going backwards, and it's yeah, you got to piece it together. It's like a classic sort of Nolan Nolan time bender movie um but yeah that'd probably be at the bottom uh we watched memento that's uh, i'm i'm still thinking about that so like we're, we're, still, we're gonna we watched it last we're gonna night. talk about that today thoughts are fresh thoughts are fresh so i don't really know where that falls in my rankings yet what's um, what would you just what would you say is your favorite 
Christopher Nolan movie? Oh, man. Probably Interstellar because that one really connects with me like emotionally. Um, I, I would either have to be that or The Dark Knight for me. Mm-hmm. Like that, uh, The Prestige is really high on my list. Um, I watched that one maybe a year ago. And my goodness, I was, yeah, I was really taken back by that one. Really good performance. We'll watch that one together. Yeah, really good performance from Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, Michael Caine, Scarlett Johansson. So, that's a, Andy Serkis as well. Another looter. David Bowie is yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. What on earth? He's Nikola Andy's- Tesla. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, that's a, that's, oh, it's such a great film. Um, uh, Dunkirk is pretty high up there too. I really like just like the minimal dialogue and how yeah, it's it's a good it's a good movie as well. Um I want you to see that one really badly. Um yeah, and then everything else is just sort of in the middle for me. I need to see Inception again. I feel like my opinion on that movie is not uh accurate cuz I've only seen it once and that was years ago. So. Nolan's vision and his his stories like his plots that he could like premises and intricate storylines and everything that's like kind of what he's known for is like mm-hmm. really like big ambitious plots yeah that like mess with concepts of like space and time yeah. and stuff um well like his, and reality. the batman trilogy is like they're really the only movies that don't that don't play mess with around time. with time or Every reality. other Nolan movie I've seen is all They're weird all time stuff. They're all stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I not, yeah. But I, yeah, we both haven't seen him Insomnia or Following. So th- those are both on the watch list for that's, sure. That's kind of his, like, his um, trademark thing is, like, reality time stuff. Yeah. So, so Memento anyways, is Memento. no stranger to that premise nope. because it pretty much completely centers around... Um, around uh, this guy's perception of time mm-hmm. and his perception of what's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. So I think this is like the original. I haven't seen Following, but I would imagine this is like the original Nolan. That's Nolan what I've movie. heard. Like I think this is really what set him what, off. What like kicked him off into yeah. the mainstream? Yeah. So, um, are we're gonna get into heavy spoilers for this one? Yeah. If we're not gonna talk at length about it, but like we will discuss spoilers because it's kind of hard to without. The second you start talking about this movie in any capacity, you get into spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. be warned. Um, Memento, it's about... It, well, read the synopsis. Okay. So, some memories are best forgotten. Leonard Shelby is tracking down the man who raped and murdered his wife. The difficulty of locating his wife's killer, however, is compounded by the fact that he suffers from a rare, untreatable form of short-term memory loss. Although he can recall details of life before his accident, Leonard cannot remember what happened 15 minutes ago, where he's going, or why. So, yeah. so that's the premise. Um, um, featuring Guy Pierce, he's the main character in this movie, um, who I'm not really familiar with. He's been in some other movies. He was but, in Iron Man 3. That was his next most popular yeah, movie. So, like, really not... Not a huge mainstream kind of actor, but this well, this movie is big. Um, Carrie Ann Moss, who she was Trinity known, in the Matrix, right? Yeah. 
So that's kind of what else she's known for. Pretty much the only thing, other thing I've seen her in. Yeah. And Joe Pantoliano. He's also in The Matrix also and The, the Goonies and The Fugitive. He was, yeah. he, this guy's a bigger actor. Yeah. He's so, been in a lot of movies. And he's good. Um, so, so so let's get into like what what did you like about this movie and what did you dislike? Mm-hmm. Let's start with positives. What did I like about this movie? Um, I gotta sort of gain my thoughts again here. What, what here? You start. You start. I'll... Okay. What I, here's what I liked about this movie. I really loved how it plays with your mind the whole time because this movie um, follows a guy obviously who's it kind of starts with you you not knowing a lot it starts with it it starts with what you think is the end of the movie it starts with the end he shoots a guy who kind of it doesn't really give you a lot of answers he he's looking for this guy who killed his wife and then it shows him finding this guy and shooting him in the head killing him mm-hmm. and then that's where the movie starts and from there everything's in reverse so the whole movie it's all backwards and it doesn't hold that like it doesn't keep that a secret from you it's no. pretty obvious that the whole movie is in reverse obvious. so mm. you're seeing the movie unfold backwards and it's that's pretty crazy so it's mm. not normal and i don't even know if all of it's backwards but it's at least out of place enough to the point where you have to kind of piece it together in your head what order things take place in mm-hmm. um and like the the order of events and stuff. So the whole time your brain is working overtime trying to just make sense of this story and figure out what the connections are. I feel like this is definitely a movie you have to watch twice, mm. um, which kind of annoys me when movies for, make you watch That's them twice kind of in order to have an to understanding of what the movie is even about. Mm-hmm. I love it when a movie will encourage you to watch it a second time to get more out of it but when a movie relies on you watching it more than once to mm-hmm. understand it that kind of is a bummer so if i had to criticize it for one thing that would be um it mm. would be that mm-hmm. uh i but i also love how the whole point of the movie is that this guy oh man what's his name again uh Len- leonard Len- lenny yeah yeah so he leonard is like struggling with short-term memory loss and so you really feel for the guy in this you, movie. like you, i felt for him you feel his sadness and his anger and you and he kind of his frustration with himself because mm-hmm. he's so emotional and all he remembers is his wife getting murdered and 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 then yeah he, rem- he, remembers, he remembers everything, everything like, right up his, until yeah exactly he can't make new memories right no he can't make any new memories so every like 15 minutes he forgets where he is and what he's doing mm-hmm. so he has to like tattoo all over his body mm-hmm what like the the clues and his facts that he learns about the guy he who killed his wife so that yeah. he doesn't forget them mm-hmm. so that way and in his polaroid camera he takes polaroids yeah and he writes has a camera everywhere with him and takes pictures of everything yeah. and writes on them to remind himself when he like forgets what he's doing and yeah. what his like what he's learned so he basically prints what he's learned on his on his on himself in in tattoo form mm-hmm. so that when he looks in the mirror he's like oh yeah that's these are all the facts so he basically the i thought like the coolest part of this movie was the fact that he has to trust himself yeah. that everything he said is true because yeah. he's out to kill this guy yeah who killed his wife it's like he could make and some so big mistakes he could, he could make a huge mistake yeah. and not even realize it because he's just yeah. going off of what he wrote down yeah and 
he's just trusting that what he wrote down is factual it's very thought-provoking it's, it's like, it's like oh man this guy is kind of a bad guy too because he's out to kill a person and he could easily make a big mistake and kill the wrong guy kill someone mm-hmm. who's innocent mm-hmm. um just because he wrote down the wrong information and he fully trusted that so mm-hmm. it's really kind of a movie that asks you like who do you trust in this situation mm-hmm. And he has a couple of friends around him, a couple of people around him helping him or just at least working with him. And you really ha- have to wonder if they can be trusted because mm-hmm. he, 15 minutes later, he doesn't know who they are. And so he's well, like, who? When you realize, in like late, as the movie develops, um, as it develops backwards, right? Because wa- you watch it in reverse pretty much, um, that like both of these friends are using him for their gain yeah so that's it, it makes you wonder and that. he has no idea he thinks he can trust one of those friends yeah and, and yeah he doesn't really know it's oh. but then it yeah this movie oh man it's so hard to understand i feel like this is going to be a hard one for people to listen to on this podcast because they're not going to have unless you've seen the movie you're not going to have any grasp of what we're talking about well as hopefully as, like, you have plot. seen the movie because it's a shame if you listen to a I know, podcast I, about a this, movie without i will seeing say that movie. this is one that you really should watch um i'm going to fully recommend this movie i didn't mm-hmm. give it five stars on letterboxd i gave it four stars mm-hmm. but i think it's a four star recommendation that borders on four and a half um just because i felt like this one it was a very unique story yeah and the way it's told is super unique. Um, it, it was unique. It I, I'll, I'll say this. I remember I said this when we were watching it. And I'll say it again because I feel strongly about this. I love, I feel like one of the strongest points in this movie is the fact that it it's about a guy who has um, short-term memory loss. And the movie makes you feel like you have mm-hmm. short-term memory loss. Mm-hmm. Because of the way it's told, because it's backwards and you don't know anything just yeah. like this guy. You... It's like you watch you watch a scene and then it goes to the scene that takes and place. And you're trying to remember you're like, it, yeah. And so because of that, you're constantly losing information yeah. as well as gaining new information, right. which is exactly what this main I character think, is going through. I think that was intended. That I was think exactly so what Christopher Nolan and was it, trying it to. It works super deliver. well, in my opinion, because yeah. this whole movie, I was thought I felt like I was going crazy. Yeah. And that's I imagine that's what you would feel like if you actually had short term memory loss. Yeah. Is that you're going crazy all the yeah. time, and so big props to nolan for pulling that well off. what better way to like yeah make a movie with like about memory loss you, you then ne- like delivering it to your audience making them feel like that they have memory loss you, right like that's how you do it and what's like, cool is that you never in at any point in this movie watching it you never have more information than leonard Mm-hmm. You always have the same level of information. You're learning this stuff as he's learning. You're figuring mm-hmm. out as as he's figuring out the clues. And it's kind of like a shared experience with this main protagonist, which is cool. I like that you're never a step ahead of this guy. You're always mm-hmm. like in his shoes. So this movie is very frustrating to watch at times because you're mm-hmm. just like, man, I just want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But then you realize that he's asked, he's, Leonard is like, yeah, he also wants to know what's going mm-hmm. on desperately. So it's a... It's kind of an experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I would say I think a lot of the same things uh, that you would say. Um, And sort of like, yeah, I think the thing that I appreciated the most was, uh, yeah, how you, just like what we were saying, how you feel like you're kind of going through the same sort of memory loss that he's going through. Um, So I think like 
from i think just like visually it, it wasn't like that pleasing of a movie like to like my eyes and all that it just it wasn't like visually stunning no it didn't um, have no one's typical cinematography right so like if if i had to like take shots at it like that like that would maybe but be like the main thing it and it's it like, was a much smaller story so yeah it kind of lended itself to right small cinematography right but i think just like yeah it's not like a super amazingly filmed movie or anything and i didn't think it was bad um, i didn't think it was bad but it just wasn't it wasn't anything special in the, in that yeah sense right that's fair if you're comparing um, it to other nolan films this definitely out of the ones that i've seen has his right. least interesting visuals right um which i almost wish nolan would go back to his like this kind of style like i think he's 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 really done like the heavy action uh time bender films and i i kind of wish he would almost go back to more dramatic storylines and um but yeah just like more personal right stories smaller that less, less not ambitious. so exactly not so uh but like this movie's yeah, personal but it's also ambitious right it's storytelling right <clears throat> so but uh but yeah so like it's not uh, yeah like visually sound wise it's not like the most appealing movie in that sense but i think the story is really what uh what gets this movie and the way it's told it's really what yeah what sets this movie apart from others i think it uh it got two oscar nominations it didn't i don't think it won an oscar but uh the nominations were uh best writing screenplay written directly for the screen that's confusing (laughs) Uh, is that an actual category i guess so and then also for best film editing but it did not win either of those interesting um it's a very highly um revered movie mm -hmm. it has a high rating on letterbox like people love this movie i loved it too um i think i don't think it's like the five star film everyone says it is but I really liked it, and I would highly recommend it to anyone willing to um, kind of go through a, willing to put their brain into a blender and turn it on to mm-hmm. maximum smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> because you this movie kind of like does that to you. You feel your brain feels like a smoothie when you're done with this one. You're like, oh my gosh, what yeah. did I just? I need like a week to like yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Um, it definitely is one where you kind of want to watch a explained video on YouTube. Yeah, we were both doing that right after we yeah, watched this I was, movie. I was <laughs> watching a lot of like explanation videos, trying to make sense of what I watched. Yeah, so like it's it's one of those that kind of needs a second viewing to fully understand it. But I don't really feel like watching it a second. No, time. me neither. If I if I had to mark it down to anything, it would be for that. Mm-hmm. Just like that, the fact that it doesn't really help you understand, it just kind of like throws the movie at you and is like here figure it out yeah like well it's not an ending where you're like ah i figured it out it's an ending where it's like wow what actually happened in the end and and there's different theories about it right so no one really 100 percent knows what the final like the ending of the movie just says here try to make sense of it exactly it doesn't say here interpret it happened (laughs) yeah it's for your own interpretation right yeah well i i think there is a correct answer but I think there's so much right. wiggle room in terms of how you can get to that answer that like people just have so many wild theories on. We how... just don't know what the correct answer is, no. right? So, um, interesting uh, 
Easter egg here. So the limited edition DVD allows the movie to be watched in the exact chronological order of the events in the film. The first couple scenes of the regular cut of the movie appear normal in this version, meaning they are not reversed. However, the version of the movie on disc two is quite difficult to reach. Um, you have to answer several questions and solve a puzzle. Um, and then that unlocks the ability to watch the movie in chronological order. So it's really hard to find, though, apparently. What? I feel... <laughs> that, that's interesting. So that's kind of cool that that, that is out there. Um, that would be like interesting to watch the would... movie in chronological order. Yeah, that is that is true. I would I would rewatch it in chronological order mm-hmm. because you would be getting a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, if we could find that, I would rewatch it. Mm-hmm. I know I said that, I didn't really I would, want to rewatch I would re-watch it, but re-watch I would rewatch it, if it, it yeah. in, if, in, a, in the chronological order. There's probably order. some version on YouTube or something that you could Someone's taken take, took and, taken the time to took edit. A, yeah. Somebody's taken the time to edit this movie, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of an interesting fun fact. Yeah, that is, um, that is a cool fact. There's also a line in the movie. So uh, during Teddy's line, who's like one of uh, Leonard's friends, um, he says, you don't have a clue, you freak. Director Christopher Nolan felt that Joe Pantaliano, Teddy, did not quite nail the end of the line. So he decided to re-record the last two words to his liking, delivering them himself. So the final words in that line that you hear in the movie, you freak, was actually Nolan impersonating uh, Pantaliano's voice. And That's he, such Pant- a strange fact. Like, Pantaliano, like, he didn't even know that until uh, in a later interview. So it must uh, have been, like, way later down in post when they were, like... It was, like, probably right before the release. He didn't, want to, he didn't just, want to, like, get the actor to come back into yeah. the studio. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting That's fact. funny. Yeah. And the the actual medical condition that Leonard has in this movie, the, the memory loss, is called... And anterograde amnesia, the imbi- the inability to form new memories after damage to the hippocampus. So, those are sort of my fun facts. Nice. This movie has a cool quote that I wrote down when I heard it. Um, Leonard says, how am I supposed to heal if I can't feel time? Hmm. So, yes, I kind of want to talk that. about that, like... How am I supposed to heal if I can't feel time? Because that's kind of a theme in the movie. Yeah. Um, not the theme, I would say, but a interesting theme that the movie brings up. Because um, through the whole movie, it's it's Lenny trying to, yes, hunt down this killer and kill him and exact revenge and avenge his wife's death mm-hmm. and, and like figure everything out. But it's also him trying to heal because he is just like... His, has been through a lot and the only thing he can remember before his his um his short-term memory loss is his wife dying mm-hmm. and so but did she really die but did there? she die and that's like that's the question but, at the end of the movie but it's that's interesting because well i mean spoilers uh his his wife didn't actually die or at right. least that's what an interpretation we, but like i've read other interpretations but the movie leads you to believe that she actually didn't die and and that he, he actually he killed his wife. Yeah, but unintentionally. On, on accident. And so he's so, like, messed up by that. Yeah. That he's doing, like, his method of coping with the the fact that he killed his wife is that he has psychological yeah. short-term memory loss. Yeah. 
but the movie kind of like makes sure you know the difference between psychological and physiological short term memory loss because there's this other character um oh man what's his name sammy who oh yeah sammy Sammy. yeah Yeah, and his wife he where he's like continually throughout the movie he keeps telling people who about this guy sammy who's like this older gentleman and and who had the same condition and he killed his wife um by kind of like ODing her on um insulin insulin because she's a diabetic and but like he didn't remember that he gave her and she her was first testing insulin him. shot and she was testing him to see if he would remember if he was she actually believe if this was real or if, the, or if he was so thinking, he ended up because yeah. of his short-term memory loss he gave her too much insulin and she died and she and then, as it right she was testing him so she she was gonna see it would he actually overdose me on insulin and he did and 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 yeah. the movie tells you originally initially that uh sammy is this guy that or his wife is this guy that he was, she was, uh, he was well, counseling. He was, no, like he was an insurance guy. Yeah. So she's trying to, uh, to get him to give them like insurance for the, the injury that he has. Right. But he wouldn't, Leonard wouldn't give it. <clears throat> because, because he didn't believe him. He thought Sammy was faking. And, and he, he, throughout the movie, Leonard tells everyone this, he, he comes into contact to with this story because I think it kind of helps him justify his actions and mm-hmm. his short-term memory loss he's like look at this guy but then you find out at the end of the movie that this guy doesn't exist mm-hmm. and that this sammy guy is someone that he made up in his head right. and that actually he killed his wife and and sammy never killed his his, his sammy wife. didn't exist sammy didn't possibly exist. that's he's, that's that's the theory he might because this we movie really doesn't know. really tell you anything no. yeah <laughs> So you don't actually really know. Teddy kind of. For all we know, Sammy up. was a real person and did actually kill his wife. Right. But the way the movie, the way I'm interpreting the movie is that Sammy's not a real person, and I feel like that's the most popular yeah. way to interpret this yeah. because that's kind of what the movie tells you. Yeah, because Teddy kind of throws a bomb at the end of the movie that just sort of screws everything that you think you're piecing together. It screws it all. Yeah. Up. So the whole movie, you think you figured it out. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, shoot, well, I actually have no idea what's happening now. Mm-hmm. What's real, what's not. So this movie is both really exciting and very frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I think now that I've had time to sleep on it and think about it, I, I do like it a lot. Yeah. I didn't think I, I like I like it more now than I did last night. Yeah, I would say the same, I think. Yeah. Um, I'd and I think it's one it of those movies that the more I think four. about it over yeah. the years, I'll be like, yeah, you know, what? that was a really cool movie. Yeah. You give it a four? I'd probably give it a four. I give it a four yeah. as well. I, already, I haven't actually put my rating up yet, but I will. I did review it on Letterboxd. I gave yeah. it a four pretty confidently. I don't yeah. think I'd go higher than a four, but no. um, I did I, think it was really special. I'm kind of in between a three and a half or four, but I think three and a half would does not do the movie justice. So Yeah. It's cool. It's This movie gets you thinking, not in the way that the Truman Show did like mm-hmm. last week, because we watched that last week on the pod, and that really got us like talking about like, you know, just like really uh, existential like stuff yes. and philosophy yeah. and all that, but uh, just a different is different movie. It's a, di- a this movie is message. a movie that gets you thinking directly about its plot and yeah. what's happening. But anyways, anyways, that's Memento, that's folks. Me- Memento, go watch it. I it has my stamp of recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Yeah. Do you recommend it to our audience? Yeah, I would. I would recommend it. There's a lot of cussing, just so you know. Yeah, not um, as much as there could be, but yeah. No, there's a lot Decent. of cussing, though. Yeah. Um, that would probably be my main warning for if you, if you would uh, 
a listener. If you don't want to hear any no-no words, then probably watch <laughs> Finding Nemo. Um, but they do. We would rec. We our stamp of approval is. I on do Finding recommend Nemo. Finding Nemo. I think it's a good movie. <laughs> it's an alternative to Memento. <laughs> so we're <laughs> we're probably gonna probably gonna play some Skyrim now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some Saturday morning. Saturday. Skyrim. Oh yeah, because it's Saturday, and so we kind of just we're able to just veg. Yeah take our slow morning the vegetation station we kind of we kind of do this after we podcast as yeah. well well once we publish it we, we listen to it over again yeah yeah and play skyrim yeah yeah that's kind of our ritual almost yeah, yeah. it's almost become a tradition yeah so that's kind of fun have we, the volume low on skyrim with our pod going yeah in the background. It, it's so it's <laughs> oh man i feel i always feel so weird about that when we listen to our podcast immediately after saying like we're, we just had this conversation and then we just re-listen to our yeah. conversation that we just had it's hilarious but i think it's more just to like hear if it sounds good before we publish and it, it helps us hopefully improve our uh yeah it helps our us content like, oh, we could have done that better yeah this was bad this could have done been done better yeah continue yeah. the feedback Couldn't, folks we like the we feedback need the feedback thank you um it helps make this better it helps yeah and make it make it more listenable for you guys and makes it makes us feel better about it yeah so this podcast is a growing evolving thing yeah and yeah sweet okay well thanks for listening guys and uh see you next time see ya